I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. I was going to talk to you about one stock that I've I've invested in. Um, agronomics, it's called. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a very small, very, very small um, market cap. Agronomics. It's, it's, it's a fund, actually. Tractors? It's... Uh, <laughs> it's uh let's see the market cap uh, 145 million footsie aim stock uh, agronomics it's um it's a very small fund that invested 27 million oh. in lab grown meat and different lab grown meats grown from british meat. yeah so it's something that um it's just something that i've invested in I mean, agronomics <laughs> if you guys want to have a look at it one day um today we're going to talk about all things earnings, I think. And today's, um, what we want to talk about today, I just want to talk about my portfolio first because I'm just looking through my portfolio from today and I was going really well. I was up probably four, 500 quid today, but at the end of the day, I've had a bit of a bad moment. I think I've come back down to last week's levels, about 25,100. And everyone's saying it's because of this Biden tax proposal. Uh, that's gone through and i'm reading it saying that anybody over a certain amount wealthy investors could have a capital gains tax as high as 43.3 percent and it'll mean that any investors who earn over 1 million or more will have to pay a tax rate of 39.6 percent on any tax gain so i think it's the really wealthy pay 43.3 percent and anybody over a million pays 39.6%. And that has smashed the Dow in the late stages. How do we feel about this? You know, has it done anything to your portfolios today? Or are you guys just too, you two in growth? So it just hasn't affected you whatsoever. I think absolutely. I think it's affected growth stocks more, I think. <clears throat> I think, uh, well, I think it's just people don't really understand what, what it is and what what they're planning to do because they only said they're going to tax the very very rich so over income earners over a million dollars right but how does that even relate to anyone at the bottom <clears throat> i think there's been just been a wave from one end of the market to the other i think crypto has had it's one of the worst days as well to some degree we're bit, we're down on to 53,000 uh, usd now with bit bitcoin I think even Coinbase and all the exchanges have uh, suffered. Battered, yeah. And the miners, we're down. Yeah. I'm just looking at um, ten percent, roughly. Well, I know why that's happened because on the same day, Biden has announced his green uh, situation as well, hasn't he? He's saying he wants to cut carbon emissions by fifty percent, which is more. Uh, I think it's fifty percent more than what he originally said with the paris agreement so he's basically gone yeah by 2030 deep straight back in yeah he's gone straight back into green carbon emissions interesting to see though that tesla lost three percent on the news which i wouldn't expect 
Tesla to lose 3% on that news. But a very good one was INRG today, which uh, made almost 6%. Um, I know we've we, we've spoken a bit about INRG. Anyway, we can, we can probably riff off this because INRG's had a bit of shake-up recently. This is the uh, iShares Global Clean Energy ETF, uh, ticker symbol INRG, which did extremely well for me last year. I've now sold out of it because I just thought Plug Power was at the top and there was quite a few dodgy companies at the top who were getting so hyped and now it's changed a bit and now we've got uh, biden's green new deal interesting one to see uh, any of the can you remember any of the top companies in uh it, it looks a hell of a lot better i think the the the, the plug it's, it's gone from having what 20 20 25 meme companies to 70 odd now and the top 10 looks really really high quality like if you were going to pick your top 10 green energy companies who actually are close to making money or or, or, or making money you would you would pick this list i remember vestas was at the top but i saw solar edge was in there and enphase was in there um plug power has gone from yeah. i think it was like eight or nine percent to three percent which is very healthy um it looks good yeah I think yeah, Vestas was up at the top, which is I think one of our both of our favourites. Isn't it? I like I like Vestas, had it a lot, and um, Next Era was in there as well. I think that was third on the list, maybe even second on the list. So there's a lot of good companies in that INRG. How this would affected Bitcoin is obviously the high gas prices, and that would have affected. Uh, Bitcoin and other cryptos, energy consumption is absolutely huge. I don't think people realize how big uh, cryptocurrencies energy consumption is right now. So there's there's a lot to that there. But yeah, Biden's Green New Energy, uh, Green New Deal. Well, it's different to the Green New Deal, but it's basically the Green New Deal has been announced today. And also Biden's tax thing. Are we, is that justified? Like what? What effects do we think will go forward with this new tax? Do we think people are really going to get taxed 40% on their capital gains in America? What's going to happen in the UK? Jeez, that's another one. The problem is somebody's got to somebody's got to pay the bill, haven't they? They've wrecked up a huge they've wrecked up a huge bar bill and it's it's, it's now time for them to, you know, to pay for the free money party. Um and the probably the the easiest way to do it, there's two easy ways to to pay bills like that is to generate more tax by creating jobs which is what the green bill is all about you know all about trying to do and rake more tax in by raising taxes um which is what they're doing with the capital gains rises so it's sort of a sort of a, a two two ways to the same goal really he's hoping to get a lot more revenue in spend a lot on infrastructure and i think you'll notice the republican party's put out today they broadly agree with biden's spending on infrastructure um they they want to spend about a third of what Biden does, but broadly they agree that that is the right way out. Um, and capital gains is a much fairer tax, uh, especially on high high earners, than income tax, which tends to hit more broadly. And uh, as you'll probably be aware in America at the moment, the the lower income people have really suffered through this pandemic. Um, so yeah, it's a fairer tax in that regard. Yeah, and do we think it's going to happen in the UK? <clears throat> It's going to, isn't it? Basically, there's, there's going to be something very similar that comes to the UK. Yeah, it depends how popular Bitcoin is. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> that was the news okay, of what the... last week. 
<laughs> so well yeah so bitcoin yeah was released last week that was the decentralized centralized currency c- cryptocurrency i mean china's doing the same at the minute isn't it that's eased up its um laws on cryptocurrency in china recently particularly bitcoin but also with the idea that it's going to just create its own cryptocurrency turkey is still banned it but turkey is going absolutely mental at the moment it's like they're trying to crush the lira so that's something else that's happening with bitcoin at the moment but yeah this week was it rishi sunak was rishi sunak the one that said we're going to start a bitcoin cryptocurrency and i don't get what they're trying to do with it i read i mean from what i understand so he mentioned that he was gonna improve the uk um the atmosphere the the markets and the exchanges as well by kind of improving the fintech space so actually it goes down to any new company he wanted uh, new innovative companies to come on board raise capital uh, much more easy easier um and i think he said a bitcoin would kind of like fall into the middle of this for new fintech companies kind of to, to to take advantage of but i don't know how it's going to kind of pan out though because it's been very optimistic we're such a small kind of island and i think even most of our um new innovative companies just get put down by the market here what what's the difference between a bitcoin and a pound that you spend online is there any difference the- the only difference <laughs> would be that the transaction is settled by a decentralized entity rather than that that's the only difference that the i can think bank. is that the 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 trans, you're cutting out banks aren't you that's what you're trying to do in this you situation don't need... you're cutting out fees and you're so yeah, you don't... you're just making a go on no stripes and all these merchant payment systems essentially well you'd still have to have a payment system because something's got to if you're paying by card or something like that and then again use your phone so apple would be the would be be the payment system in this situation so yeah the difference is is that that you don't need a bank basically you you're trying to make things more streamlined (laughs) You're trying to make things more um, fluent between different countries as well. So sending sending your money off to the Cayman Islands or off to a Swiss bank should be much, much easier with uh, a decentralized Bitcoin currency rather than having to go through the actual fuss of properly laundering your money over to the swiss bank accounts now so <laughs> ah, so it's a currency know. for james dyson <laughs> <laughs> he probably came up with, he probably came up with be, the idea <laughs> that would be I think, the um, signif- that would be the way i'd see it that would be the cynic in me that sa- that says that's what it's for I don't know. But you, you you can it, talk about creating fluid cryptocurrencies for for Bitcoin, and the UK is apparently still one of the big financial powerhouses in the world. Apparently, even though JP Morgan says it's it's fucking off, it's it's no longer wants to be in the UK except for as a uh, payment system still and a, and a little bank in there. But investment systems just people seem to be flocking away from uh, the UK as far as 
this is all because of Brexit, really, isn't it? So, I, I don't know. We, there's a lot to go into there. There's a lot we can just break down for all these things. But, yeah, I, I don't see the point of the Bitcoin yet. I don't see any reason why you'd want to... Because the whole point of cryptocurrency is not to be anonymous. It's not to be... Uh, so you can't send this money away without being traced. It's more to create a fluid system without having to go through a third party. Uh, instant transactions, 24-7 transactions, it, uh, not having to go through a bank, not having somebody else have to hold and take custody, or, custody of your money mm. that can take it away. I'm guessing that Rishi Sunak wants to do something where they can control the inflows and outflows so basically they can still do quantitative easing but they can do it themselves the government can do it themselves rather than having to go to the central bank possibly i, I don't know i didn't go much further into that just and to be honest with you does this trickle down into that much more go on i was gonna say um it, could this trickle down to the um the the cash society the ones who evade tax could this be i mean it could but then anyone could right like anybody any cryptocurrency can do that dogecoin can fucking do that can't it because dogecoin is just constantly uh being created so you can have any of these currencies do it and as long as i guess you've got the most carbon neutral one that can do it and the one with the least gas fees and the the one with the most fluidity the most instant um there's a there's a lot i saw something today on bitcoin and it said you know minimalized payments the charges on bitcoin right now are absolutely huge ethereum's pretty huge as well so we haven't quite got it right here we haven't got the idea of the currency right here someone needs to get paid to make these transactions so there's a lot to it there okay i think we've done that one a little bit too <laughs> too much that's just a lot of me moaning for 15 minutes there let's get into the real nitty-gritty stuff uh, i want to talk about earnings week this week there's a lot of different earnings that have come out coke did very well uh i think asml has that been out and and done very well it has it already been out yeah yep so asml has done really well there's there's loads of companies which are actually beating their earnings and doing very well but not there's not a lot of response i mean i know that the semiconductors really did respond well to asml but the big one for me this week or the big few is in the streaming service the streaming wars are really starting to heart heat up a little bit now i think it's there's a lot lot to go on final the the little tidbit i just want to add here is that amazon has actually decided to add live tv this week to amazon prime services so that's really solidifying itself as sort of the fourth place right now and at the top we've got netflix disney and at&t and i think we're all pretty separate on this one uh steve d you've got are you are you invested in netflix or do you just know more about the netflix side of things no netflix i used to be invested in netflix uh, I, I originally bought them about 300 and rode it up to 450 ish and uh, when I transferred my ISA over, I never rebought because uh, Netflix was just going up, up and up and up and up and up. And then the pandemic hit and it went up even faster. So it was just something yeah. I've never rebought into. But I, I, I do admire Netflix as a company. And as a consumer, I, I think its content is, is cracking. I really like it. I actually disagree with you there, but we'll get into that in a second. What Can you take me through Netflix's earnings this week and... Can you just describe what happened? I think we, if we catch up with the story, I think most people know the story of Netflix this week. 
But it it was surprising, right? I I feel like it was surprising. Yeah, it was it not just in the um you know, the actual metrics of the financial metrics were fine. Uh, you looked at the EPS, they were expected to do $2.97 a share. They did 3.75 a share. That's a big beat. Uh, revenue, um, they were expected to do $7.13 billion. They did $7.16 billion. So again, it was a decent beat. Um, so everything looked rosy until you looked down at the uh, net subscriber additions, which was supposed to be $6.2 million, And they only managed $3.98 million. And then hidden right at the bottom of the report was that they only expected to add a million uh, new subscribers in the next quarter. Which is like way, way, way down. We're talking like, you know, three point nine eight million is twenty seventeen numbers. A million, phew, that must be twenty twenty two thousand and eight numbers. It, it's miles away from what you'd want. That's interesting. I didn't actually know that. I thought I didn't actually know that. I thought it was I thought the actual number they got was six six million. I didn't realise it was as low as that. That's um that's very interesting. and the guidance going forward is even worse. Like you say, they're they're a company expect to be cash flow positive at the end of twenty twenty one. Severely overvalued in my opinion. Junk bond status as far as debt goes. So I do think there are a lot of risks to Netflix, but you like you said, you can't doubt the grip that Netflix has over the world, right? You can't doubt the brand and the system that they're in and how how they've integrated into things like roku google chromecast all all the things like that there's loads of things to them so you can't really see this business going anywhere or really losing any money any in the short term content wise what they're not so happy with go on what they blamed on was quite interesting because they they said that um basically they're now finally beginning to feel the pain from coronavirus so they're saying that um, because they've been able to feed out shows that were maybe single-person shows or, or stuff that they'd already filmed and was ready to be released, the problem now is that they have had a period, a long period of time where they've not been able to film the blockbuster stuff. And um, that's what they've got in, in, in backlog now. So they're hoping that they'll have a couple of quarters of, of poor performance and then the blockbuster stuff will start to be released i'm imagining it'll be things like your witcher series i, I think is due a second series yeah. and and things of that kind of nature and then when that comes out then they think that the subscribers you know should ramp up again if the share price comes down and it should do on these poor figures you might find yourself with a buying opportunity there especially in, in the next couple of quarters but at the moment it's it's still not quite there yeah, Netflix is down 8% this week. Um, with mm. other streaming services, though, you're talking about the, the poor quality content and there isn't really any new content coming out. Also, I'd like to add on to there that they actually found, Netflix found that all of its subscribers dropped over the, over the the across the world rather than just, say, in America. And that's very significant to them because they know that this is probably pandemic related and not because other companies are starting to eat into their market share. If it was just in America, if it was just in the UK, then maybe it was because people were getting bored of Netflix. But what they're saying is it's generally across the globe. So this should be something that is just pandemic related. And like you said, they're just starting to feel the hit from the pandemic. However, I do think this is a very good opportunity for other companies to capitalize on this. While um, 
Netflix has been struggling with creating new content and new good content. And I also don't believe that they do have the capability just yet of making that really, really good content. They kind of got a good few shows like, um, like you said, The Witcher and the other one, the one with the spooky ghost. What's that one called? Stranger Things. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've got like little content like that and that's been okay. Uh, and they're going to do them to death, I guess. But I don't think there's anything more, more than that. But say Disney hasn't had this problem. Disney's had quite a big backlog. And personally, I'm so much more impressed with Disney. They've stepped up. Oh, they've, they've definitely stepped up. I mean, since um, since they first came onto the screens, um, they only had, what, The Mandalorian at that time. That was the only kind of TV show that people were really watching. Now they've added all the Marvel. The Marvel oh, Buying Marvel was probably the best thing that they've done t- today, I think. Agree. Because they've absolutely... They're going to milk it to death because there's so many um, sideshows coming on now um, from... Um, both the watching uh, Wonder Vision, so even Vision was a non-character. So, so Vision's a non-character in the Marvel universe, in in a sense, because he's he's like Iron Man's sidekick. And I wasn't with impressed do, with Wonder Vision. I I knew uh, the yeah. I sort of knew the story, and then I kind of went, oh, I figured out how this is going to work. She's like in some sort of PTSD world, and then I went, okay, that's that's it. I, and then I stopped after about the fourth episode, but they're really pushing Loki. And if, uh, have you seen the trailers yes. for Loki? Yeah, uh, that trailer yeah. for Loki oh is insane, God, isn't it? Are. It's yeah. like movie quality. They are. That's the thing. They've they got are. movie quality in dramas. That's the good thing. I think they're really pushing the envelope with these. Uh, but then again, I think DC has as well with their shows. So mm. it's, only, it's only natural for them to kind of keep up in them. Um, so, yeah, I think Disney's got a lot to give yet with Marvel alone. I know they do that all the stuff. Well, I don't had, know. Maybe the kids. Did you watch their? Did you watch their Disney? Um, their recent real show. It it was about three or four hours of just them. But it was their investor day, so I was like, "Oh, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to really pick up on this." But it was just about four hours of them shouting out their new series, and there are absolutely hundreds uh, going from you know your Pixar. Uh, everything like that. I, th- I just think that Disney has so so much more IP, so so much more content to deliver, and it's already delivered. And, and a lot of it also is um, animated, so it doesn't ne- didn't necessarily need human contact. They they upgraded people's servers at home, and they just still banged it all out. So there's there's a lot there with Disney right now, and like you said, I you think- said with uh, DC as well. Go on. I was going to say, it feels unfair to compare Disney and Netflix somewhat because Disney's got sort of a hundred years of character to pick from, hasn't it? Whereas Netflix is trying, is trying desperately to do it fast. And the problem I think with Netflix and, and I remember it from Disney's um, investor relations day when they I can't remember the old CEO's name. He was Bob something, and he he stood down and uh, he was replaced by another Bob, Sharpec. wasn't he? And um, yeah, Bob Sharpex's a new one. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when they showed they, they were gonna they were gonna spend this much on content, and everybody was looking at Netflix and, and going, "Well, that's not enough." And that's yes. not enough. And Disney has proven that you mm. know it's not really about how much you spend. They've spent half as much as Netflix, and the quality is twice as good. But that's because they've got a hundred years of, of previous character building 
to to build on whereas netflix are they're buying in their content they're throwing money at production companies and sometimes it's a bit spotty but there is some good shows on netflix the problem with it is is that they're they're spending they've almost got too much that the good stuff gets lost with the not so good stuff whereas disney started off by saying hey look this is mandalorian this is what it's going to be like and that's what it's been like i was going to mention um you know at the beginning when disney plus came out i think a bob said um we're not going to go with the same kind of uh, model that netflix went with uh, which is pump literally anything and have binge watching like have all the series come out he said we're going to have them come out every week but we're not going to be pumping as much content but now like a year later now i think it's about a year later now they've got so much stuff coming out and i'm thinking hang on a minute you said you weren't gonna make anything hardly yeah and like, like you said one, that's one, that's one it every it's year. like the little it's like the little quality is the the quality advantage they've got is allowing them to increase their production a lot more and actually i never thought about it like that you've, you've opened up my eyes to that one a little bit because netflix famously spell, spends about 12 billion a year on content and hulu and disney i'm going off the top of my head was about 5 billion so it was considerably less i i'm combining hulu and disney because the reason why i like disney so much and i will say to you i will make it very clear right now that if uh, disney gets rid of paw patrol um, sorry, if Netflix get rid of Paw Patrol, I'll axe it. Netflix will be gone because I I won't need Netflix at that point. I will just need Disney well, right. yeah. uh, to, for my kids. And um, Disney also have this. In the UK here, we have Star. Over in the US, it's called Hulu still. But over here, we call it Star. And that's got everything on it. It's got Family Guy. It's got Solar Opposites. It's got... Uh, I'm watching so many, so many more shows on Disney Plus right now rather than netflix i'm not i'm barely touching netflix i just put on paw patrol for my kid and that's the only one i can think of i'm not watching anything kid. on netflix right now i think to depend on netflix <laughs> yeah. um i i i can't because i've got both of them but i can't take one out because netflix has a different i think i think they have obviously they have a different different demographics as well because They've got them documentary docu series, you know, on mm. who's who's killed who and true life story kind of stuff going yeah. on. Um, and I think, whereas obviously Steve mentioned Disney's got these years and years of characters and origin stories that people's nostalgic characters that people have uh, kind of uh, been connected to for a long time. So I think they both got different things to offer, but I do think Disney's stepping up a lot more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do uh, a bit of an advantage first. I'm going to do a bit of an advantage first because obviously, like in, in the interest of, of balance, the, the main pro for Netflix is that it's not cannibalizing its own content. Disney has to hmm. take its shows out of, um, out of cinemas and it already has its TV channels. So does AT&T with HBO Max. Uh, we'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, so Netflix is only creating its own content for its own platform, and that is its big advantage. That's why it can spend twelve billion on content. But like you say, like the the, the two things that really stand out for Netflix right now are the fact that it is spending twelve billion on content, and there's a lot of jokes out there. You go to you can literally go to any comedy comedy sketch right now, and you realize that Netflix are throwing money at anything. You pitch any old show, and Netflix will take it, and they'll pay you a lot of money to make they it. Brought, so they brought they just Dave Chappelle back. 
<laughs> yeah, they're just throwing money at the wall and just hoping shit sticks. And uh, at the moment, personally, I don't think that's working. Um, I know their comedy ske- their comedy specials are working really well, and I used to really like that, but I haven't watched any in a while just because I haven't got any time anymore. But I imagine they're doing really well. Another co- uh, And then on the top of that, well, I can't tell if this password sharing thing is going to be good for Netflix or absolutely terrible for Netflix. I, I, I don't know. Overnight, how how the the famous uh, Parrot Patel joke. We have to mention Parrot Patel every week, but Parrot Patel uh, made a very funny joke and said, "How do you increase your revenue by two thirds overnight?" And now it's password sharing. So now everyone, uh, so it, it's it's been in the news that Netflix really wants to cut down on password sharing, which I know we all do. <laughs> I I know I do. My Netflix account probably goes to four other households <laughs> so um i imagine you guys are the same or similar oh no uh, so fun story i um i pay my window cleaner with a netflix he shares my subscription no way. that's how i no, pay him no way <laughs> no way that's true. Oh, it's quite funny that because there's the... on, on my netflix there's on my netflix there's there's me and there's my wife and then there's like the kids one that you, you get when the kids come round and they stew, the, they stew the window cleaner. That's funny because no way. our window cleaners... No way is that true? That is true. I, I might actually do it because our, our window cleaner charges the same amount as what Netflix charges every month, which is £12. <laughs> hey, we've got, the, we've got the full 4K, you know, multi-screen, everything you could ever want. Stew the window cleaner. He yeah. loves it. That's genius. Yeah, that's I I do I do that with. Wow, that is a that's a that's a very good contractual agreement with somebody you. I assume you barely know. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's that. That's, that's blown me away. Paul, Tilly, that's absolutely blown. Paul, me away. <laughs> till till he till he gives it to all his family and then Steve's blocked out of his own account. <laughs> that's what happened to me. I... That's what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm there two in the morning, right? Just changing passwords, and everyone's like, "Wait, what's happening here?" I'm like, "What?" Anyone, anyone want to come um, work for me for a, for a Netflix subscription? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you uh, mentioned the password sharing thing because Disney's just, I think, just announced that they're doing the family sharing thing, so you can do multi-screen. Mm. Everyone can start yeah. watching the same program, I think, same time. Uh, yeah, Disney's. Is, Sort of trying to go for this okay, social I thing. I haven't used it myself yet. I haven't used it myself yet, but um, it definitely sounds interesting. It'd be it'd be a good one to do. But so you've got Disney, and Disney is going for the high quality content. Uh, it's going for the less is more kind of idea, uh, building that high quality content. HBO Max has the same ethos as this. It's, it's been very clear on it. I've been listening to John Stanky all day because today. AT&T brought out its uh, first first quarter report and it looks really, really good. You know, its revenues up uh, 2.7% year on year, 43.9 billion. And the, the, the amount of cash that they, they've got, the, you know, they're gaining almost um, Disney's entire cash budget for uh, its entire... Uh, new creation library it's gaining all of that money just in one quarter uh, with fi- 5.9 billion up 51 percent from last year but that that's all mixed in with its wireless it had a very good wireless um 
uh, result as well. But what we want to hear here is in, is in the streaming wars because I personally think that AT&T is probably going to be a distant third best in this space because Warner Brothers, and you mentioned DC earlier, Zach, has another they've got a lot of ip as well and they've got a lot of content to throw around they've been making lots of content i think they've got one new movie a month right now and it's really high quality stuff game of thrones i feel like it there's something coming out with game of thrones although i haven't checked that but uh warner media's numbers were up uh 2.7 million total domestic and ads of 2.7 uh, two, sorry, 2.7 million total domestic HBO and HBO Max subscriber net ads. So uh, almost as much as Netflix added this quarter as well. And that's up to 44.2 million just in America and 64 million globally. Uh, what was important about HBO Max, in my opinion, was that HBO's ARPU is $11.72, and that is comp- in comparison to Netflix's $10.9 uh, of ARPU. So ARPU stands for Average Revenue Per User. You'll be, you'll be getting very, very used to that uh, phrase going into 2021 as everyone switches to subscriber base. Everyone's going to have an ARPU. We've already spoken about it. We've made the jokes about the poo, everything in the past. But yeah, <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> I noticed that HBO Max is actually getting a higher revenue per user than Netflix is right now. And total revenues are up 9.8% at $8.5 billion. I think... Uh, these reports for me are really showing that HBO Max is catching up with Netflix and Netflix um, might not have the whole market that he used to I I guess so they have have a very strict in their old subscriber in their old subscriber network their HBO network yeah they've probably got quite a cultish can't really disconnect sort of network but they're going to be very good at converting these over and they're, they're showing it i think they're showing that they're very good at converting over old hbo cable users to their new hbo max service uh, have netflix are netflix losing the stranglehold on the streaming service with these companies that are coming in and taking a bit uh are we going to see less and less from network netflix over the next couple of months uh, oh, go on Zach. I think it comes down to quality again, doesn't it? Because with the volume, the amount of um, shows Netflix pumps out, because it's got such a diverse um, range of genres from literally boring documentaries on, I don't know, whales to literally sitcoms to, well, yeah, including Friends. I think they still got Friends, I think. Mm. Um, But... Because they've got so much, I think people just tune out half of Netflix anyway because they only just want to watch, I don't know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something on on a weekday or on a weekend. So I think because when you're bored, you put Netflix on, you'll have something to watch no matter what. I think with HBO, because they've got some quality um, titles there, I mean, obviously Game of Thrones probably what brought the numbers up as well um, and, and a few more. You've got these people who've been with these kind of uh, um, titles for a long, long time. But Netflix just brings out anything and everything. Uh, I was just going to say, I think one of the things worth considering is is that 
I think people are quite used to paying sort of 70 quid for Sky or whatever. So getting 15 quid Netflix and, you know, 15 quid Disney and, you know, 15 quid Amazon Prime, whatever Primeism is, 8 quid Prime, you know, you're still way short of an average Sky subscription. So there is there is space to, to buy all of these services up and you, you're probably not going to be spending more than a Sky subscription, which is getting worse and worse every year. I mean, the, I think the boxing is the next thing to go from Sky. I think they've announced today that that's going, all, pretty much all the big UK and US fights are going to DAZN and DAZN are doing £2 a month streaming fights, which is... Which is crazy. I mean, why would you buy Sky? Uh, there is, it's it's killing Sky. It is. But I think we're just short of now. I think if you ask anyone, I think Netflix is staple. You're gonna have to have Netflix just because it appeals to everyone in the family, no mm. matter who. I think with Disney, you got obviously the kids stuff, and then then you get kind of tuned out because you've got a lot of kids stuff there. But obviously, the Marvels and the Star Wars and your other big grown-up kind of adult titles. Um, keep the 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 adults entertained, but um, I think Netflix has literally anything and everything. It's just an amalgamation of literally everything. Hmm. You can't go wrong. So yeah, there's no. I mean, because remember when first Netflix first came out, I think people had a problem choosing a title because of how how spaghetti it was. Hmm. But they've kind of focused on that with the algorithms and AI. I found a use for Amazon. I think um, you know the new premieres and stuff because I watched uh, Godzilla. Um, the new Godzilla Kong on Amazon Prime, but Amazon Prime was a weird one. It was an accident. It sub it did that seventy pound Amazon subscription, and it just went through with it. So I was like, okay, I've got Amazon Prime for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 this is but the fact that I've got Amazon Prime now, I'm actually shopping a lot more on Amazon because of the next day delivery. Like we just did, it, we bought something last night about h- half eleven. We bought it half eleven. It came about two hours ago. That's how that's how fast it is. So so really, I'm I'm actually Amazon's gonna grow. I can tell you now. Yeah, but the weird thing with Amazon now is it's become like an addiction because it's like oh, if you need some no no addiction sorry is um uh you know when you get something there and then hmm. I don't know, I forgot what the term is called now. It's like instant gratification, isn't it? Yeah, instant gratification. So you you want you click you click it you click it right, and the the payment process is is like five seconds. All you gotta do is press swipe or press one click button or something, and then next thing you know, you know it's gonna come tomorrow. Yeah. No, but it's not just that. It's weird. The, the way it's boxed is like a present, isn't it? And it comes yes. and it's like I've bought myself a present. And you know, you know, I got rid of Amazon Prime for this one reason: is that one day I was laid on the couch and I was scrolling through Amazon looking for something to buy, and I thought, "What am I doing?" Do you know what I mean? And I thought that was it. I got rid of Prime. Don't don't have Prime anymore. Okay, so with crypto going crazy in the past week or so, um, a lot of people are saying, from even from Stock Twist to Discord, um, Bitcoin's going to suffer. It's going to go down. We're going to all just panic and die, right? And anyways, but then there are exchanges out there, Bitcoin exchanges or crypto exchanges, to to per, per se. And Coinbase is obviously one, which we know from last week, uh, IPO. But there is another called Big Digital um, Assets. Now, I have a position in this, full disclosure. Um, So they've just released um, their earnings, Q1 earnings. These are not audited, by the way, so just just bear in mind. 
So quarterly revenues grew 337% to 3.4 million. It's not a lot. I mean, we look at Coinbase's Q1 um, results, they're absolutely staggering. But ultimately, it's a small um, player in Canada only, and they're looking to kind of expand. So year on year, they've already grown 1,976% in revenue. That's massive. Um, trading volumes grew 266% um, quarter on quarter and 1,950% year on year. So these are massive numbers. And it obviously is a small um, small player. But um, they are they have got a lot um, going on in terms of expansion to the US and Europe eventually. And the weird thing is they've got no app as well. Everyone has to use a, a browser to, to buy crypto on this company, which is weird. Um, so a lot of their um, sub, I mean, um, users are new to crypto. So they're absolutely newbies. They've never, they've never even heard of Bitcoin. They'll just go on the website and they start learning. I think uh, Coinbase is a good um, section as well. So, so you you see that there's so many new people coming into the into the bubble, as 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 Paul would say, I think. Um, but I think this is going to get. It's getting closer. So new subscribers grew by 236% quarter on quarter, and that's 853% year on year, which is massive. This just massive. Um, so, and then and then um, I think two days ago, with we're recording this on the 22nd. By the way, if anyone's listening, if anyone is listening, uh, so on the 22nd of April. So two days ago, they announced that they um, had a record uh, number of transactions of volume, and it was 25 million traded in one day, and that's massive for a small company uh, like like mm. Big Dish. It's it's, it's 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 because everyone's buying and selling. I think this company is only going to make money when people buy and sell, not because Bitcoin's going to go higher or or lower. Um, it's just the volatility. I think they only have a um, margin of 1% fee for every single transaction uh, as com compared to, say, for example, 4% for Coinbase. So or already um, they are good value in, in terms of um, uh, the fees. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some um, exchanges like uh, Voyager Digital who who say they're commissioned free, but then they include it in their, in their prices. Where it gets, I mean, for this small company, where it gets interesting is that in the first half of April, in this past month, um, Netcoins has continued to accelerate, growing by 42% over March, between March 1st and 15th. So by so um, by end of March, when there was so much volatility in Bitcoin, that's not even included in this. And they grew the transaction volume by 44%. So from just from March to April, it grew by forty four percent. So there is is phenomenal growth, and I, I, we're almost predicting now that. Um, so they've had uh, three point four million in revenues for the past quarter. We're, we worked it out on stock tweets using quick math, right? That ten million for the quarter, uh, for quarter two. So we're we're predicting because we based it on a few numbers that we know already of the company. So from hope we're hoping that it's going to move from. 3.4 million to, to around 10 million today uh has been a slightly different one we want to make this a little bit more personal we want to 
kind of chat a little bit more about our lives and our investing lives going forward. So if anyone's got a question, have feel free to leave it on the comments of the YouTube side. You can see, also hear this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, and the other one, Audible. Yeah, that was it. And um, if you wanted to uh, get, leave us a little like on the video and also a five-star review on the podcast, that would be amazing. We're always trying to make this a little bit better. We're almost always trying to see what we can do for this podcast. And again, thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next week.